Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats right here in Lexington. And I am Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it's a big deal to Big Blue Nation, you can hear it every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa's Pizzeria. We'll tell you a little bit more about their new upcoming Lexington location in a bit. But first, we want to get to an interview we got to do with Eric Crawford. Now joined by Eric Crawford of WDRB to talk a little bit about Louisville. Um, I guess the probably the easiest thing to kind of start off is Mark Stoops got a question, Eric, during his Monday press conference, and it was to kind of, does there anything that uh, stands out about Louisville? And he kind of dismissed it and said he was worried about his own team, and I interpreted that as maybe he wasn't able to find anything to worry about on Louisville's team. <laughs> that, that's understandable. Um, and, yeah, I think the, the worrying about his own team is, is the thing because if they come in and play their game, they should be fine. I, I'm going to tell you, you know, I know uh, John Clay did a column this week, I think, in the Herald-Leader talking about Louisville could win or has a chance or something, I guess, in the sense that they are, you know, one of the two football teams on the field that gives them a, you know, <laughs> by definition chance. But, uh, you know, if you've watched this team at all very much this season, especially in the last month, it's just not a team that has sustained any level of uh, of competence, much less, you know, something where you, you figure that they would threaten. They're just... They're just not there, and the problem is, you know, football is not, you know, like basketball where you can get five, six, seven guys who are playing above their heads, you know, for 40 minutes and and maybe threaten somebody. Football is, you know, numbers and strength and and, and organization, and it's it's just really hard to envision Louisville, you know, pulling off an upset in this game. I mean, give you know, a couple years ago, Kentucky was a similar underdog, though not, you know, from a point spread standpoint, and and pulled it off. But that Kentucky team was still somewhat together. I, I don't know that we can say that about this Louisville bunch. Eric, just to, to step back more in the big picture, I remember, I believe it was you, when when Bobby came back, or maybe when they were just talking about when that was an idea that Bobby could come back. Um you sort of outlining the, or it actually may have been before he went to Western Kentucky. Uh, you'll, you'll have to remind me on this. But outlining essentially the carnage left in the wake of Bobby Petrino. And that was actually, that was before he'd failed, really. Most places, it was, he would succeed at a high level, leave town, and then everything fell apart because of the way he ran things uh, while he was there. Um, I, I guess just, Take people who are unfamiliar with that idea through that a little bit, and also, uh, is it even worse the the wreckage he's left behind now that it, he's not leaving after succeeding? He's not taking off for the next big job. He's been shoved out the door. Could be worse, um, uh, you know. That's yet to be seen. But but the main thing with college programs, and he left Louisville, and Louisville struggled for a few years, and one of the big knocks on him then by the coaching staff, and it was kind of a whispering campaign because he never really came right out and outlined what the issues were, but we can talk about what they were now that kind of were in hindsight, and that is that 
you know, discipline was lax. He was lax on, you know, drugs. Uh, they were having guys test positive and, and disciplining them, and that didn't go well, and guys didn't respond well, and they wound up getting kicked off the team, or, you know, they'd fail a second test for pot, and that'd be it, mandatory, gone. And, and um, you know, the, it just kind of led to a further destabilization of the program and it took a few years to fix in fact it, you know one coach came in and couldn't fix it and they had to get charlie strong who kind of completely rebuilt i don't know that arkansas was on its way to that i just know that when he was gone you know and he, he again that wasn't of his uh, choice he was fired there for the whole incident with the volleyball player and, and all that the motorcycle wreck and well documented when John L. Smith came into his place, even with most of his coaches still on the staff, it didn't work. And the thing with Bobby was he was a really good play caller. He he did things his way, but he didn't build it. You know, he, he built great teams, I guess the best way to put it, but he didn't build great programs. And we'd never really seen Bobby at one place long enough to know whether he could sustain success that he had. He's good at coming in adding a few pieces to what's there, and getting good results uh, over the short term. We'd never really seen him over the long term. And what happened here, you know, I'm not really sure what happened this season. This season, this team was going to take a step back, but they shouldn't be you know, this bad. They shouldn't be you know, giving up 50 points in two-thirds of their games. It just it doesn't make sense. Uh, something, you know, there was a big disconnect here this, this season. And I will be trying to unravel this you know, <laughs> over the next year or two to try and figure out exactly, exactly what happened. But, uh, you know, you talk about, you're talking about a situation where not only did a team give up on a coach, which happens, but it almost looks like you had a coach give up on a team, which doesn't always happen uh, unless you got a $14 million buyout waiting for you. So, uh, you know, the Bobby, the Bobby file in college is, is sprinkled with some really good success at both Louisville and Arkansas did great things at both places, but just, uh, shambles upon departure, no matter what the circumstance. And that's, that's not good. And that'll probably, I think, preclude him from getting a really good job moving forward. He may get some job, but, but I don't think, you know, it's going to be a long time, if ever, before anybody that's, that's got a significant program takes another shot on him. Is there anything that you can kind of pinpoint? You talked about not building like program necessarily, just building good teams. I mean, was Lamar Jackson just that good? I mean, is that what it kind of boils down to the past couple seasons with Louisville? Because the fall was amazing in my estimation. When you look at yeah. they were in the college football playoff discussion two years ago, like legitimately in it. In and like now, week 10. Yeah, I mean, late what, in the season. They were what, 9-1? Yeah. and one, Is that right, Eric? Yeah. And, and yeah. like fifth in the playoff. <laughs> ranking i yeah. think yeah and from and, that and, basically and from over. that point on they they're sub 500 yeah just became lost their last three games of that season um then never really got back up on a on a par where they were and yeah lamar was that good i think i mean you know i don't know what kind of player he'll be in the nfl um he had a good first start but he, you know he won't last they're going to get him killed seven times as an <laughs> NFL quarterback that's not going to work yeah uh he'll last about you know five or six games but um but yeah for a college quarterback he he was just you know something like a lot of us had never seen so i guess 
in, in that sense, the offense, you know, really carried them. But uh, there's something else going on with this group. I mean, this this group, um, you know, they were not going to be as good, but there's no excuse for them to be this bad. You're talking about not running hard on defense. You're talking about trotting, uh, you know, <laughs> trotting to the ball, not running to the ball. It's just a complete, you know, lack lack of effort or interest. They want to get this thing over with, it looks like, and it has looked like for a while. And, um, you know, they're, they'll finally get to do that on Saturday. But, you know, you think about, about Saturday, uh, Betty Stell ran for, what, 211 yards against them last year. And and that's when, you know, they were, were putting out some kind of effort. If they're not going to put out any kind of decent effort, my gosh, um, he could deal himself back into the Heisman picture <laughs> in the last in the last week of the season. So, I you know the big thing is uh, you hope that at least you know coaches can keep the frustrations in check and it doesn't devolve into something that it shouldn't, which is always a danger in this rivalry game at the end of the year. But um, you just you just like to see them you know get out there and and, and try and make a decent effort of it and make it into some kind of decent football game and, and uh, finish with, you know, you, you don't have much left. You do, you always have your dignity. You would hope they would keep that, you know, as, as the season finishes up. Eric, that's a good point about just <laughs> the danger of something extracurricular, because I mean, I, I wrote last year, I thought Kentucky totally embarrassed itself with the way some of the things it did last season at the end of the game, getting kind of run out of, the building against Louisville and then, you know, some of the shoving and arguing with coaches and trash cans being thrown. And that's, we've seen a couple instances um, since Stoops and Petrino have been uh, at Kentucky and Louisville where pregame or during the game, there was some, some heat. So that, that that's, I hadn't actually even thought much about that, but when you got a team like Louisville with nothing really to play for and, and a lot of frustration of an entire season, uh, maybe boiling over that, um, I will definitely keep an eye on that. We'll get right back to our conversation with Eric Crawford, but right now it is time to take a break and talk a little bit about La Rosa's Family Pizzeria, which is coming to Lexington right across the street from Skyline Chili on Richmond Road in February of 2019. La Rosa's is a Cincinnati thing, just like Skyline. It was started by a guy named Buddy La Rosa who talked a bunch of friends into throwing a few hundred bucks in a piece and opened the first pizzeria on Cincinnati's west side in 1954. La Rosa's now has 64 pizzerias, and the nearest one is right up the road in Dry Ridge. The thing Buddy La Rosa brought to the new pizzeria in 1954 were his family's recipes, his Aunt Deanie's pizza sauce, his Grandma Mary's pasta sauce, and other recipes that came over from Sicily with his family. And it sounds kind of corny, but here it is nearly 65 years later, and they're still using those same La Rosa family recipes. As good as La Rosa's pizza is, other things that makes La Rosa's different is the fact that they have a menu that goes on forever. Over 40 selections, and it all can be ordered for pickup or delivery. Or, you can just go in there and check out their awesome dining rooms. I love to meet my family at the Dry Ridge location when I'm visiting Northern Kentucky. Get ready, Lexington. La Rosa's is coming in February, and until then, check out their other locations. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. One thing I would ask, I guess, you've made it pretty clear that you're low on Louisville's chances uh, to pull the upset. But I've seen, you've seen, uh, like a Kentucky team, again, hopeless sort of Kentucky team, uh, end its crazy losing streak against Tennessee at the end of the year 
when it had nothing to play for, it wasn't going to a bowl game, by putting a wide receiver at quarterback and surprising everybody and running Matt Roark a bunch of times. And uh, that well, that remains one of the damnedest things I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah. is, there a, is there a Matt Roark at quarterback against Tennessee scenario you, you can imagine? I mean, if, if somehow Louisville were to pull the upset, what would it look like to you? Well, yeah, if Louisville were to pull the upset, I think it would have to be it would have to take place on defense. Uh, they would have to just, you know, they would have to to not only, you know, put eight in the box, but put eight in the box who would actually want to tackle somebody. And, you know, you know that somehow, old gimmick. <laughs> gener- somehow generate some turnovers uh, then maybe out of the passing game or whatever. But um, I, I just, you know, this thing could be, you know, it'll be a, it could be a decent first quarter. You know, Louisville didn't play poorly against NC State in the first half. But you knew you knew something was wrong. It was like ten to three at the end of the first quarter. Louisville was down, and uh, they're fired up like it's the Super Bowl. Uh, it's hard to sustain right. <laughs> something over the course over the course of a game. I mean, they, this was their first game under an interim coach. You got three players suspended before it even starts, <laughs> and so and and one of those guys is suspended, saying uh, tweeting during the game that he did not break a team rule, as it was said. And mm-hmm. after the game, coaches, well, he broke a new team established by this coach already you know the season's not even over and they're trying to kind of install some type of different discipline that's not going over with these guys who don't like it so that that's not a good sign but as far as the quarterback you know they put in a wide receiver at quarterback in this last game Tutu Atwell who I'm not sure what the roster says he looks like he's about five six Uh, you couldn't even see him over the, the defensive you know the offensive line he's He's standing straight up to get a shotgun snap, and these other guys are kind of on the line in their already in their pass defense mode, and they're dwarfing him. But so maybe they could hide a quarterback back there. And have <laughs> there's your but he, there's your gimmick. He just he, runs behind a giant guy and, yeah, and pops out. Maybe he will snap the ball to him. Maybe they don't see him, and he picks up a few yards. But it didn't work uh, against <laughs> NC State. I don't think it'll work against Kentucky. Um, so uh, you know. I, uh, Jawan Pass has had moments of 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 moving the ball where they've generated a little bit of offense, but they're not even a dangerous offensive team. If you look at the numbers, they're not only one of the worst defensive teams in the country, but they've been one of the worst offensive teams in the country. So when you don't have either of those phases, it's tough to to envision. And, and um, you know, we we've all seen miraculous things happen. It happens less on the football field. Than maybe any other sport, but but this would be one for the books if it were to if it were to happen. And I know it's a rivalry game and all that, but uh, Kentucky's pretty solid. They got a great running game. They've got really good defensive players. I just don't I don't see it don't see it in this one. Eric Curtis may have one more for you, but I'm going to end on this. You've watched both Kentucky and Louisville for many years now. There's an element of frustration with Kentucky fans uh, mostly about the Tennessee game just because it, it I think it a lot of people thought and hoped that they were beyond sort of laying an egg in a game against the what has appeared to be an inferior opponent Tennessee and then Tennessee goes and gets curb stomped by by Missouri the next week um beyond that I mean they're in position now to go 9 and 3 something I've never seen and most people mo- the, the average fan <laughs> 
has never seen in their lifetime a nine and three season at Kentucky with a chance to go to a New Year's Bowl game and get to ten wins. Uh, assuming that that uh, you know Armageddon doesn't happen on Saturday and they they beat Louisville to go nine and three, they've won at Florida to end that losing streak, pummeled a, a ranked pretty good Mississippi State team, and we assume probably a blowout win over the rival Louisville. How, in the context of history, how should should this season be viewed if it goes down that way? No, I think it's it's it, it's a it's one of the big ones that you look at. I mean, especially if you can go to a bowl game, a lot will depend on who they get to play and if they can win that game too, that will help. Um, you're right, losing that Tennessee game what was not that that took some of the shine off it. I mean, you can't replace that because to win at Tennessee might have meant just as much as any bowl game they could they could probably pick up still in yeah. in the context of how big you know that rivalry is so that's a step they they still need to take but i don't think you can discount the value of programs taking steps and this season has been a step for kentucky the win over florida uh, they put themselves in contention in the sec east uh, they know they've still got places still to go but you know it wasn't a gimmick type season where they fluked up and won some games if there were flukes, it was that they they didn't play well, you know, as well as Tennessee as, as they as they wanted to. But they 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 won one of the types of games that they always lose at Missouri. Uh, you know, they they did a lot of things. So this has been a valuable season. I think it's built. I think it's allowed people to see Kentucky in contention. It's allowed recruits to see Kentucky in contention, and and I think it has value. The big thing is now that you want to finish it the right way. You want to take care of business at Louisville, and then you want you hope you get as good a bowl opponent as you can get, and then play well against them. Um, you know you need to be the motivated team in a bowl game because this is a rare opportunity, and I think it's been one of those seasons where they've taken advantage of some of the opportunities, but not all of them. But in the end, it's you know if you come out with ten wins, that's huge, and uh, and you can build on that. So that to me should be the goal and i think it's a worthwhile goal for them eric thanks so much for your time uh let people know where they can follow along with your coverage online um for the game oh sure we're at wdrb.com and of course uh, on twitter which is where everything takes place now so <laughs> at eric crawford no uh, no special characters or anything else and that's that's the way it goes and we will uh, document the carnage and victory and hopefully it's like i say hopefully it's not a game that embarrasses everybody with, <laughs> with with incidents and I do think that's something with that that uh, coaches need to worry about so we'll hope that we get through without that too thank you Eric really appreciate it all right guys thanks a lot you don't want to watch the game you need to watch the game and I've been telling you guys about sling TV for a long time listen I got it and here's why you should get sling TV too are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never use because you just want to see some of the games? Sling TV is the best way to watch all kinds of sports. College football, college basketball, NBA basketball, NHL, if you're into that, all that stuff. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and as I always mention, you can upgrade or downgrade your package depending on what you're viewing at that time. Plus, you can cancel at any time. Right now, Locked On listeners 
can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. It's a free trial. you got nothing to lose. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Well, Kyle, that's uh, kind of definitive right there <laughs> from Eric. Yeah, I mean, uh, not often you talk to the opposing media of a you know of a power five opponent at least it's not charlotte we're talking about here who says uh it's not happening there's no chance basically <laughs> as that's about as clearly as, as someone could yep. say who follows louisville very closely and has for a long time and and has also tracked and covered kentucky for a long time i mean he's uh eric's done both uh for my former colleague at the courier journal um you know, two, three decades now for him. He has a good idea of both programs, both historically and in the moment. And, and he says no chance. I mean, I also feel like there's okay, almost well, no chance. But. We'll get to, we'll get to our predictions in a bit. We got to do our over unders. Obviously we're going to do three, like we do every week. Last regular season over under Kyle. It's been quite a ride yes, and no sir. idea has, no one has any idea what the score of these actually <laughs> is. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm winning. Probably. Just based solely off of how you predict. So the over-unders are Benny Snell yards, unsportsmanlike fouls, and Kentucky points. We will start with Benny Snell yards. Over-under 150 yards for Benny Snell, Kyle. I'm going to say over. As Eric pointed out, he ran 29 times for 211 yards against Louisville last year. He needs like 205, 207, something like that, to break the school record, career record, correct? Sonny Collins record. I think he gets there. I mean, he that was a that was at least a semi competent Louisville defense that he ran all over yeah. uh last year. And I mean, ran all over. They got blown out, but he nonetheless uh He still ran a ran, lot. Ran for a ton of yards. You know, he's got a chance to to better his you know, he's had a thousand yards each of the three seasons he's been at Kentucky. Um twelve hundred this year. He had about thirteen hundred last year. He has a chance to set his own new kind of personal mark to set the school career record, uh, to add to his crazy touchdown total. Um, and, and to potentially also, I mean, the other thing he's got that he's probably playing for, he's not in the Heisman race anymore, but he's fallen behind in the SEC rushing race to Travion Williams of Texas A&M. Uh, you know, he was the league's leading rusher last season. I think he'd like to do that again this year, um, and he needs a huge game to do it. I, will. I think he gets there. I agree with you, and I think all those reasons. Benny Snell's kind of open about wanting to get those career records, and he you know, makes it clear that it's not going to be because it cost his team anything when he does it, but he wants those records. He hangs them up on his, on his wall in his apartment, and he talks about all the goals he has, and he wants to reach them, and I'm guessing that leading the league in rushing yards and touchdowns is also probably on that wall, so he's going to have be motivated for a big day, and I think he is going to be able to accomplish it because as we rolled out, Louisville is not a great defense. Second over-under, let's go Kentucky points. We set the over-under at 49.5, not because of the Kentucky offense, but because of the Louisville defense and the fact that they've given up 50 points. Is it six times in, in 11 games? Okay. And four consecutive games. Uh, that, I mean, that's the other. Yeah, that's kind of a that, crazy thing. That's so. the other piece of it is they, four straight games. Uh, so uh, I think Kentucky, and they're, they're, they're 128th out of 130 teams in scoring defense. They're giving up an average of 43 points a game. Wow. So Kentucky's sort of maligned offense is going to do something, I think, 
against this team, but I don't think I, I mean, I just can't imagine this Kentucky team scoring 50 points. That's yeah. that's the the only issue I have. I mean, I, could, I could see them score 40, maybe. Yeah. So. But uh, I'm going to say under. I'll probably be wrong because I, it's hard. It's hard to, for one, I'm wrong a lot, but it's also just hard to understate how bad or overstate how bad Louisville has been on defense. The last four games, 56 points against Wake Forest, 77 to Clemson. In a game they lost by 61 points. The margin was 61. 54 to Syracuse and 52 to NC State. Wow. I mean, just getting gutted. But, uh, you know, they played Alabama and gave up 51. I don't think Kentucky's scoring more than Alabama scored on them. Well, they don't need to score more. They just need to score 50. That's true. <laughs> to get to this Right line. on it, yeah. <laughs> I think under. Uh, I'll go over. Why not? I'll bet against the Louisville defense and bet on more defensive touchdowns for Kentucky because that's you love, what... <laughs> you love you love hanging defensive touchdowns. On I'm just going to give defensive touchdowns all the time, uh, so I'll take the over just to to kind of roll with what Louisville's been doing most recently. So finally, we'll wrap our over unders with unsportsmanlike penalties. Number is two and a half. Kyle, do you think they will be three or more unsportsmanlike conduct penalties this game? I do. I'm going to take the over. Because I think Eric raised a really good point. Um, there's a bunch of frustration. These teams hate each other. The Kentucky guys felt embarrassed by my, not only getting blown out, but by their behavior last year. I think they will try to uh, demolish Louisville uh, on the field. I think that will bring out the, the last bits of the frustration, whatever frustration hasn't come boiling out of Louisville to this point. You know, these are a bunch of guys that I'm sure have some personal pride and feel like they have sort of been embarrassed this year and that they've been let down by their, their coach. And um, I think if that thing gets out of hand and they're playing at home in front of a booing, hissing crowd and getting blown out, I, I, th I just think, you know, given what we've seen in other years recently in this rivalry, I, I see some tempers flaring, and, and I'm, I'm going to guess there's at least three unsportsmanlike conducts. I'll take the under, and it kind of goes to the point that Louisville's done. They're going to just kind of quit. And personal pride's one thing, I guess, and you're kind of banking on that, but I feel like they'll just want to get out of the get out of there. Now, we've seen in this game the every player on both teams get... <laughs> An unsportsmanlike conduct. So it just remember? takes one. So it just so, takes one. So if that happens, I I think I uh, technically you cover. win. Right? No, you cover. If there's just the one flag, but everybody gets penalized, five of them. <laughs> you'll get the you'll get the the win there. So finally, who wins, Kyle? Look, uh, uh, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just as Eric said, it's it's. I mean, the one, the one thing is all the pressure is on Kentucky. This is the only thing in the back of my mind. Like, this is like a two-foot putt <laughs> for them. It should be. Um, the only thing you can't do is lose this game. Yeah. And if you do, it's, I mean, as Eric said, it would be like one for the books for Louisville. If they pull the upset, it would be, like, I think easily the worst loss of Mark Stoops' career if they somehow lost it. I, I can't see it happening, but I also, like, what if Louisville runs a couple gimmicks, somehow gets an early lead, and Kentucky gets in its own head going, uh, 
we can't lose this one. And playing not to lose is certainly no way to go. So um, I can see a scenario where Kentucky starts to sweat and do dumb things because of it. But, man, it's hard to imagine anything other than Kentucky winning comfortably in this game. Kentucky will win, and they will beat Louisville. They will have nine regular season wins, and looking back, people will be really impressed. But in the moment, some people still might be frustrated, and that's okay too, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked On Kentucky. Be sure to be following along at Locked On UK. Find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. We're starting to do some videos after basketball games, so be sure to go over there and check those out. Shout out to all the new likes on there. I saw you guys liking that page. We really, really appreciate it. You can follow me along on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. And I'm at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Had to think about that for a second. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast. All that really helps grow it. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Kentucky. And thanks to La Rosa's for sponsoring this edition of the podcast. We will talk to you soon. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Um. Well, we'll. Uh, I guess you want to just kind of get rolling, Curtis. We'll. We can uh, do our intro stuff later. Okay. Right. I'm gonna let Curtis kick it off, and we'll just uh, jump right into it. Okay. All right. Very good. <laughs>